When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift. Ella here with Benji as Always for the recap of the Tour de France Stage 6, Tour de France Famavec Swift Stage 6 from Sondier de Vosges to Rochheim, 128.6 kilometers. It's a very similar stage to yesterday, just a little bit more climbing, just a little bit steeper. The climbs 6 7% rather than 3 4%. The last one of which, well, actually, there's two important collections of them 3K is 4%, short descent. And then 1K, 6.4%. We'd see an important crash on a narrow descent in the middle of that. And then there's the Côte de Bourche, 2.9K is 4.1%. We can tell we're in the Alsace region because the names, a lot of them are German. Um, and then a fast descent into a sprint finish, a flat finish down, sort of false side downhill. So tricky stage. We thought... Tough for Vibas, Benji, and I think DSM thought so too because they got representation in what was a huge break. Exactly. We knew that multiple teams would try and get in that breakaway because if they ride to the line with Vibas, it's likely that they lose a sprint to Lorena Vibas. So that's the idea for those riders. They tried to attack, they tried to form a breakaway. A group of 14 came ahead, and there were some damn good riders in there. Christina Majerus for uh, SD Works, who had Anna Henderson for. Yumbo, that is then a rider that technically is also from a team that could be sprinting here, which is Mariana Valsa's team. And then next to that, Marilene for uh, FDG, Loudon for UNOX. We had Rosemary Gannon, sprinter, or they've got plenty of sprinters in that squad, to be honest, but a sprinter of Bike Exchange, smallest for Liv. Codana goal for uh, Trek, so also Balsamo's teammate. Gutierrez for Movistar, Cromwell for Canyon Alonso, low-key sprinter, but has been acting as a a lead out, I think, for Brennauer in this race, mainly at Seratizid. Hummus in there as well for EF. Van den Bulke, ex-Belgian champion at Le Col. And then after that, we've got Dronova at um, the Israel uh, Kogias team. And that is basically our 14 uh, women breakaway. A strong break. And when I saw it, my initial reaction was, okay, the end. Because uh, we've got an extra rider in there. Koch. And that's a DSM rider. And I thought it was gone. You thought the break was gone? I thought so as well, because if DSM's even in that breakaway, who's going to be chasing? And there were some teams not happy. Volker and Bastianelli's team, UAE, who tried to keep the gap at two minutes. But what was your thought process behind uh, it being gone? Well, Bastianelli must have woken up and said, I feel good. Because in the stage one sprint, I don't know if she had a mechanical or a crash or something. In the first four, uh, five stages, she's been nowhere, not in the top 30. And she she's a good yesterday. sprinter. Pardon? She crashed yesterday as well or the day before. So right, it's, uh, it looks like she suddenly wanted to put the team up, uh, up front and they started working for her. And it was odd because they never worked together, the teams. It was like first Volcar paced a bit, then yeah, they stopped. Then Bastianelli's team paced a bit. Then they stopped, and yeah, Buyak chasing and so forth is great, but good luck doing so against 14 riders who 
not all are actually pacing, right? There were a few riders that were pacing more than others. It was a lot of Cordon Rigaud wanting people to work, Henderson, uh, who else was in there? And Barb, uh, not Barbieri, but her teammate was in the break. And I was like, are they like, what do Liv actually want out of this? Joss Loudon was there for Unix. She was working a lot as well as uh, Marie Lanet. And even Roseman Gannon, uh, Gannon, she's on like three three fifty on the stage in GC during this stage, and she was doing really well. So she was tied on GC. Maybe Yumbo didn't want her to go too far. I don't know. I thought the break would have gone. I was surprised to see Valcar pacing and UAE, particularly because yeah, they like you. You might drop Vibers, you might, yeah. but you're not dropping Voss. You're not dropping Balsamo. I know they're not in the break, so if you don't try, you, you can't get anything. But yeah, I just was surprised by that. Uh, but before we get into these rolling climbs where there was another unfortunate crash, mention our show partners, Weft, whether you're just starting out on your cycling journey, you're looking for final tune-ups ahead of a big event or race, or you want to use Weft for training like Ashley Mulman, who will most likely podium at least on GC this race on SD Works. Zwift is the online cycling platform that can make your training fun. There are nine different worlds, thousands of kilometers of virtual road, and a massive community that means you're never alone. If you want to find out more about the Tour de France Famavec Zwift or Zwift in general for a free seven-day trial, you can head to Zwift.com through the link down below. But what I found really curious was I was doing the maths, which mm-hmm. don't exist. I made them up in my head, and I said, Henderson Against Cordon Rago, Majerus, and Lanier. Okay, what's she got? 25% chance. Voss in the group behind. I think they can drop Fevers against Bolsonaro. I think she's got 50% chance, minimum, the way Voss has been riding. So I was really, really surprised to see initially Henderson and Cordon Rago being the motivators of that break, not finessing. Like normally what you would do is you get the rider in so you're represented. They then sit in in case it does go all the way and then they have a better chance, but not. they sort of made their job harder. Like Trek sort of made Alan Van Dyke's later job harder um, by pulling that break. Yeah. Henderson by attacking and bringing Lene with her and springing her free. Uh, but before then, there was a crash on a descent and I still haven't figured out what happened. I don't think we will because it was covered by trees. So helicopter shots blocked and the motor was too far behind on this left end. But Vibers crashed quite heavily on her right elbow. So she was out. So I don't know. That just, to me, Benji, if I was younger, I was like, sweet sprint. Let's go all in for a sprint now. Exactly. But I do want to note, Vibas being out, you're referring to her being out of the competition of today's stage, not completely out of the stage, or the stage race at least. Um, indeed, three riders down, Vibas, Kopecki, Amal Yusek, and even with Kopecki, you're kind of thinking like, okay, that's an extra sprinter that is gone, but wouldn't have much influence because at the front of the race, the breakaway was falling apart on the same hill that those riders crashed on the descend off. So we basically had a few riders left at the end of that climb, and Marie Lenet was the last rider to survive from that large breakaway that we were speaking about. And she was powering on on the climb to the point where I was like, okay, the gap is 30 seconds. The gap is 40 seconds. And the interesting part for me is we see Marie Lenet being ahead. Koch was in the breakaway. 
she gets dropped from the breakaway, Henderson gets dropped from the breakaway, everybody gets dropped from the breakaway, Dweebus crash happens, and at a certain point, DSM is pacing in the peloton behind the breakaway with Dweebus being in a group behind. And then I'm thinking, who's DSM doing this for? Is she, like, are they working for Lippert on a finish like this, which, in my opinion, should not be happening at all? Like, I saw no reason at all for DSM to be pacing at that point in the race. I think they'd switched to let's try to launch Lippert strategy and didn't think mm-hmm. Vivas would come back. I think the execution of it was maybe not great, given that then on the next climb, the one where you'd want to launch Lippert, they didn't set a hard pace. And it was, I think, Van Dyke or Corden Rigaud came back and was pacing. So yeah. eventually, yeah, like Majerus. Oh, no, sorry, there was an attack from Lippert. Uh, as well, that was marked by Longa Borghini, Trekker all in on the Bolsmo sprint. Linnae's brought back by uh, Rihanna Marcus, who's been very strong for Yambo Visma. And then it's just Ellen van Dijk time. The last 6K is very fast, 75K an hour running. Voss slots onto her wheel again. And ELB is back with Bolsimo, like fifth or sixth wheel again. So the Trek lead out's Kind of separated. Bastian Elliott's there. Kopecky's there. Persico's all there. We get into the finish. Still Van Dyke doing the lead out. And there's a chicane. Longaborghini comes up, squeezes up the left, and nearly crashes. I'm not sure who it was. Maybe a Movistar rider. And could have even been Van Vlerten. And starts to lead out. Balsamo. Van Dyke pulls off. Voss slots in and shares the wheel of Longaborghini. Longaborghini doesn't move across to box in Voss and Voss and Bolsmo then kick at the same time and Voss just destroys Bolsmo. So this is, I guess, why Trek haven't been putting all their eggs in the Bolsmo basket. Maybe she ate a lot of wind in the last five Ks, but I don't know, like she she not only got beaten by Voss, which is not anything to be ashamed of, but she's just started going backwards and she uh, from that front position ended up coming fourth with Bastianelli second, Capecchi third. Persico, when she actually got out, she like swung out violently, but she nearly came fourth ahead of Bolsmo. Then it was Confolinieri sixth, Guazzini seventh, Nuvidoma eighth, Barbieri ninth, and Longoborghini tenth. So Voss wins in yellow. I thought there was a Grace Brown move. There was. She tried. Uh, she was shut down. and But still, I don't know. I'm still, if I'm Valkar, I don't know, is this what you wanted? Maybe they just didn't get in the break and they had no choice. I guess Bastian only came second, so she wasn't in good form. But I really, I'm, I'm still I'm surprised the break was caught. I don't know. I'm, I didn't expect the break to be caught either when they were made. But the situation of the race kind of changed the, the flow of the riders who are willing to pace, you know. Because let's say Wibbs is still in the peloton on that final climb and... Kodarago is still in the front group because she wasn't caught yet until that final climb. Well, will you have a scenario where Trek's already pacing and where Jana Marcus is pacing and so forth if Wibbs is in that group? Because then Henderson might still be ahead. Those kind of scenarios. Like, we're thinking through how has the Wibbs crash impacted this, you think? Has it done anything or would they have paced anyway, regardless? I think, I think it bailed. I think it bailed Jumbo Visma out. Mm-hmm. I think they got very lucky. They had no plan to make those climbs hard. They had Henderson ahead, who's normally the rider you'd kind of get to do that job. And if Vibas doesn't crash, she was doing really, really well. She was in a group of like 15, 18, and she could have won this stage. I'm not sure. Maybe 
well, again, Trek had called on Rogo ahead. So I don't know what the plan was to make the race hard enough to drop Thebes. We will never know. And DSM had numbers. So I kind of think the other teams got a little bit fortunate that she crashed. We could have been seeing another Lerner Thebes sprint win. Um, but Voss keeps yellow. She's now 30 seconds out of Persico. And there's another sprint stage. I think we've we've had enough of them. And yeah. <laughs> any, any last thoughts on them, Benji? I think Voss is, whatever happens in the next two days, Voss has had an absolutely brilliant Tour de France fan, Avec Swift, and she, she's been the best sprinter overall. I think Voss has been the best sprinter in this race because I'm counting not pure bunch sprinters. She, uh, that's not true. She's just way more versatile than Vivas. Yeah, I think Vivas is the best sprinter in this race, personally. I think that Voss is the most versatile one, like you say, because she's been in the podium five stages and at fifth spot once, I think. So that makes her six times top five, if my memory serves me right. So that's actually insane results for Voss in this Tour de France farm so far, unless I'm imagining those results in my head. But that's what I remember. Um, now, two stages of that, fantastic. I think the team can be very happy with her performance. The same for DSM with Wibbe so far. When it comes to the green jersey, I'm just very intrigued to take a look at it because I haven't yet. So we see that Mariana Voss is on 267 and Wibbe's on 191. And that's a significant gap that will not be closed on the following two stages, I think, because I don't expect these riders to do much in the mountains and there might not be enough uh, intermediate sprints to even remotely get that closer. So it looks like Mariana Voss is secured in green as long as they keep her on the bike. I think so. And like, she's not going to climb worse than Vibas anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tomorrow's stage is like we've going from these light sprint sort of stages to this ridiculous stage. And it's like good. It's like a very, very hard one. 127Ks, stage seven, incredibly difficult. Col du Petit Ballon, 9.4Ks, 8% descent. Col du Plaza Vasel, 7.1Ks, 8% straight after that descent. They then go through the Le Marchstein. Uh, finish line, descent, then the intermediate sprint with 92.5Ks to go in the valley. Then there's a bonus second gate, a third of the way up the Grand Ballon climb, like 4.5Ks, 5.6%. Then Grand Ballon is mm, 14Ks, 6.6% before an 8-kilometer sort of uh, false light downhill. I don't know. Van Vleuten we picked before this race to just win this stage easily um i don't know her condition i presume she's fine but i think if you're mulman you got to be this is the best opportunity ever i think mulman as a pure climber looks really really good um i'm not sure will van vleuten be confident enough to just go on Col de petit ballon like she might have originally i don't know we don't know what her condition is going to be going into this mountain stage, but she said reportedly after today's stage that she's ready for the mountain. So when Van Vleuten says that, I think you can uh, expect some madness. So I'm hoping that she's in that top form. I'm hoping that she opens up the race like crazy, but I'm just hoping that she waits until the coverage starts. And two hours and a half of coverage, I don't know where it's going to start. I hope that it's going to be on the Petit Ballon, but I fear that it's going to be on the Platz de Russell, and I hope that the Peloton's still together at that point, but I fear it might have been open already at that point in the race. So I guess we'll figure that out on the climb itself. I agree that Von Vleuten is uh, the big name for this and that Mormon is uh, another opportunity to do really well on this. Now, I do rate Von Vleuten in top form significantly higher than Mormon. That's just in general, but that 
doesn't change anything to the point where I think that Molman will likely be the better rider at SD Works. And the reason that I think so as well is because, like, at this point, we don't know what SD Works is doing when it comes to who's leader and so forth. Volring's been pacing in half the stages for other people. And, like, because of that solely, I'm like, perhaps she's not that confident. But then yesterday, I think someone, I think Block said in an interview that um, Volring and Molman look good for GC in the coming days and so forth, and that they got their stage win. So the pressure is kind of off. Like, I don't know what to expect from SD Works anymore, okay? It's very difficult to get in the head of the people in that team at the moment because they sometimes make odd-looking decisions on the screen. And I guess we'll we'll figure out tomorrow who's better in the mountains. We'll see it fairly soon on the mountains, I think. If it opens up early, then we'll see early on who of the two is the weaker one. If they're on the same level tomorrow, it would be pretty funny because then uh, we might see some, uh, some problems with figuring out who's going to pace for who in the end. But... I just hope we've got a, a great race tomorrow. And on the other end, what do you think? Is it a great scenario if Van Vleuten just rides away on the first climb and she stays away? Is that a great scenario for the race? I, like, well, no, it's, it's not very exciting. It's epic, but I agree it's not very exciting. Like, no one's going to say that stage 8 of the Tour de France last year where Pogaccio just rode away from everybody was more exciting than stage 11 this year. Like, we want action early but we want a contest we want people throwing hammer blows at each other we want people coming back attacking defending and then maybe a blow up on the final climb that's exactly the sort of thing we'd like to see and hopefully sd works with volering and moomin as a duo can try something tomorrow um there is that valley there is that descent i mean why not get can they get riders up the road I don't know. They need a big gap before those climbs. It's only 36 Ks of flat beforehand. Can they get a rider up the road for that valley before the Grand Ballon? It's a pretty decent-sized valley and shallow descent before it. So SD Works could try some stuff. The problem is the teams are very small, like six riders, and some teams have less already. And then, like, could, could Royce get ahead? And, like, she need a big gap because if Van Vleuten sends it, she can take back three, four minutes, no problem. So, I don't know. There's armchair quarterbacking. They could try some stuff. Hope they do. I'm still going with Van Vleuten for the stage win. I'm just uh, I'm just hoping that you're right in the fact that I'm hoping that we see some moves early, even before the first climb starts, people trying to get away in groups, like an Amal Yusik, like a Muzic might be too early, I think, but a Brown perhaps in an attack because I... I feel like when it comes to the pure climbing, I rate Muzic and obviously Utrecht Ludwig higher than Brown for the climbing that comes afterwards. So just those riders ahead in those teams to make sure that they've got something. While in the meanwhile, Movistar will will try and control things and will try and bring Van Vleuten to the first climb, I think. And then she has to take care of it mostly herself or with Patinho, I think. Like, she doesn't have the strongest here uh, team here to play defensive or control and like you said there's not too many riders in a team but they're gonna have to at least control it to the first climb in my opinion yeah i think so like if if faulkner's getting ahead if sd works are trying to be super aggressive and slip a volering in a move with actually that if i was actually sd works and their ds i would go full send before the climb and try and get Volering in a big break with Vanderbrook Black or a Majerus. 
and apply severe pressure that way. We've yeah. seen that Movistar, they're not as strong as Trek or SD works on the flat. But once it gets into a head to head battle in the mountains against AVV, if she's on form, you're kind of fucked. So you got to try before. Um, and at least just, you just made people make mistakes. You know, you just got to try. Um, probably yep. won't work, but that's what I would do. Anyway, I got AVV and look for Labu. Look for Juliet Labu to do well tomorrow. Yep. Uh, Molman, I expect to do a bit better than Vollering. Any, who, who have you got? I'm going to go. Von Vleuten is like. She's the obvious name for these mountain stages. I'm going to go for Labu. Okay, Labu. And watch out for Faulkner too. She's good over a long period of time. But this is a this is an, a hard stage. Three HC almost category climbs. Um, I can't wait to watch it. It's definitely one to tune yeah. into on the stage tomorrow on Saturday. Hopefully you enjoy it. Thanks to Zwift for supporting the show and the Tour de France fam. We'll see you with a recap tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 